Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrivemarket.com slash truth talks. Hey friend, you're listening to Truth Talks with Tara, a podcast dedicated to helping you know, love, and live God's word. I'm your host, Tara, and I am so glad that you're here. Each week, we'll dive into scripture together. We'll answer questions we all have about the Bible and about how to live for God, as well as learn from some of my amazing friends and guests. If you want to see how God's word can truly change your everyday life, this show is for you. My prayer is that we would all grow in our knowledge of God so that we can live boldly for Him. So, what do you say? Let's get into it. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy Tuesday. We are continuing with our fun celebration of Christmas, my favorite season and the sweetest season to celebrate the true reason, which is Jesus Christ's birth. Today, we're going to be talking about 10 surprising things you may have missed about the Christmas story. These are things that maybe when we read the account of Jesus's birth and the days leading up to, we may have skimmed over or maybe not realized. And in my study, I have realized a lot of these things I didn't know before this. And so this podcast episode and researching for it was a joy for me as well, because God opened my eyes to so many different things I didn't realize about the Christmas story. Because if you're anything like me, you've read the Christmas story, you've heard about it a lot. And sometimes, if I'm being honest, it can lose its wonder because we've read it so many times. But today's episode is an attempt for us to reclaim the wonder of the Christmas story and also to be reminded and maybe a little blown away by the really cool details that we may have missed before. So let's get right into it. 10 surprising things that we may have missed about the Christmas story. The first one is that Joseph, the father of Jesus, the husband of Mary, never talks once in the Gospels, in the account of Jesus's birth and the days leading up. Like, think about that for a second. That's actually wild. Joseph is mentioned often, but there is no recorded 
word spoken. There is not a one word written down that he said. We hear what he did and what his actions were, but there was no quoted words from him in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John's gospels, which is actually crazy. He didn't have any words written down by any of the biblical authors, but we do learn a lot about him through what was written down, what he did, his actions, but we don't hear an actual word, which actually blows my mind. It was a choice that God used and divinely inspired through the authors of the biblical gospels, but we don't hear one quoted word, but we do get to learn and glean and understand a lot about Joseph just from what they did write down in God's word. And the second thing is a really fun tidbit about the shepherds. So I was doing a Lifeway Women study, their newest Advent study, and there was this tidbit, this section about the shepherds. So we know the shepherds who were out in the fields keeping watch by night, watching the lambs, and they were the first people that the angel of the Lord appeared to, to proclaim that Jesus had been born. And so we think about these shepherds as just kind of these raggedy guys who don't know anything else except for keeping you know keeping sheep and taking care of them and maybe didn't think that they were very smart or knew really much but there's an article from a man named Stephen Douglas Wilson from the Baptist Press and he concludes from his um, study of what shepherds really did back then in Jesus's time he concludes that these shepherds were actually so much more than maybe we realize and maybe children's books depicts these shepherds. From the Hebrew history, Stephen Douglas Wilson concludes that these shepherds were likely actually people, shepherds, who were performing temple-specific related duties in the fields at night. Their job was not only to take care of the sheep, but also, you know, search for the flock and select and protect them, but to select and protect these spotless sacrificial lambs for Passover. So these lambs would be the ones that would be very protected and watched over and cared for and considered because these were the spotless ones that they would use for the Passover sacrifice. And these shepherds, he said, would have been well-versed in the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah because, again, they worked and they served the temple. They served God's people. And so likely, these shepherds weren't just some random people who had no idea about the Lord and had really no brains or smarts. These were likely actually really intelligent shepherds who had way more of a job than just protecting these sheep. They would have had so much more knowledge and they would have known about the long-awaited Messiah that the Old Testament prophesied about. So it's really cool that these are the people that heard the first news of Jesus's birth because I'm sure they had so much joy and excitement because they knew this is the long-awaited Messiah that we've learned about in the temple. This is the one. And so it's really cool that they were the first evangelists to also tell people about Jesus's arrival. I was blown away by this. And the next little surprising thing is actually a highly um, questioned question. It's a highly thing that has been asked about Christmas. And throughout church history, it's this idea of is Christmas actually on December 25th? So throughout church history, the date of Jesus's birth has been proposed on numerous dates. Like people have said March 21st, April 15th, May 20th. It has been highly contested. And I still think it will be for as long as we live. It's not a huge detail, obviously, but some people wonder why do we celebrate Christmas on December? 25th. So Christians have traditionally dated the angelic announcement of Gabriel to Mary in Luke chapter 1 to occur on March 25th. And so since pregnancy lasts approximately nine months, the church settled on December 25th as Christmas. So we think about March 25th to December 25th, that's about nine months. 
And again, this is highly contested, but if we go off of the idea that Gabriel's announcement to Mary in Luke 1 occurred around March 25th, then nine months from there, the gestational period would be about December 25th. There are a lot of opinions, but this is the one that I found most prominently and most solidly. Um, and so that kind of gives us a little more inclination to why December 25th is Christmas. But again, this is just a whole idea that can be contested. It's not that important, but it's also really cool that we can look at December 25th as the day that we celebrate Christmas, although Jesus' birth and the gift that is Jesus Christ can be celebrated literally every single day. But it's fun to maybe see a glimpse into maybe why scholars and people in history have penned December 25th in the month of December as Christmas. The next fun thing I want to look at is the four names of Jesus that we see in Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, which I'm going to read it for you, but I'm sure we all know this passage. Um, it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. I wanted to look at the definitions of those names because Isaiah 9, 6 through 7 is one of those popular passages we see read in church or online or just in general and, and, you know, Christmas stories and accounts and quotes. And so I think sometimes we read those and obviously they're incredible names, but we don't really look at what it means by definition from original language. So let's look at each one of them and just quickly define what they mean, because these are maybe surprising things that we haven't really looked into for a while, but it gives so much depth and meaning to who Jesus is as our Messiah and the roles that he plays played and would play in his life. So wonderful counselor. So it describes a king who performs wonderful acts with the skill of wisdom. This talks about how Jesus as a counselor, as someone who gives wisdom and gives instruction is the most wonderful, is the highest epitome of what it means to perform with wisdom and, and true knowledge and true truth more than anyone else. The really cool thing about these names of Jesus, it really, um, it really speaks of Jesus's majesty and how he will rule as the king, as the coming Messiah. So these all talk to how he will rule and reign. So then secondly, mighty God, it's this idea that this child, Jesus, would be a mighty warrior and he would be aligned with the name of God himself. So it literally says that there, a child will be born, his name will be mighty God. So he's not just a separate entity. Jesus is God. He is a part of the Holy Trinity. And so no other king could be aligned with God in this manner. So Kings in the Old Testament, we read about David and Solomon and about all these other kings. They were prominent kings and they were used by God, but they were not called a mighty God. They were not associated so directly as this child, as Jesus. He would literally, Jesus would literally bear God's name. He was the mightiest king. I love looking at that. And then the third name, Everlasting Father or Eternal Father, really shows us that Jesus would be one who is a father that loves us and shows compassion on us, all of his children. And it also tells us he, he would be everlasting. He would be eternal. And for Israel, for this people who had seen kings and, you know, come and go and die and fail and let people down, this would bring so much hope and almost you know, maybe sound too good to be true to these people because how for our brains, how can we, how can we conceptualize that a king would rule forever? But this is how Jesus came to set himself apart. He would show love and compassion. He would be a mighty and just ruler who would enact justice. And he also, you know, would let, you know, allow things that were maybe harsh to happen. But he also wants to contrast that he was a compassionate and loving father that would reign forever. He would never step off the throne. 
And the last title in Isaiah 9 is Prince of Peace. And so for the people that read this back in Jesus's day originally, this would have been so crazy because they were people that longed for peace. They were people that longed for justice and um, and just, just calm and righteousness. But they were people who had been, you know, tossed through so many wars. There had been so many, so much turmoil and upheaval. And, you know, people would come in and destroy cities and take people captive. There was so much. But, you know, the rule of Jesus brings about wholeness and well-being to people and to a society and you know peace is just more it's more than just absence of war there's still wars after jesus left there was still much more upheaval we even feel that in our day there's just so much unrest but as the prince of peace jesus would accomplish everything that would be required to restore a relationship of a broken people to a loving father and so jesus came to bring peace for our souls there is darkness and unrest still but jesus came to bring peace and restore a right relationship between humans you and i and a holy god and so today we still long for peace but we know that jesus has come and secured the most important and lasting peace and so jesus is our prince he is our ruler that really rules over the whole entire world as our peace. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash truth talks. Okay. And the next really fun thing, when they talk about the angel of the Lord, they say this in the account of Jesus's birth, the angel of the Lord. It's not just an angel. We have to look at the, the in that passage. In the Old Testament, most scholars slightly contested, meaning it's slightly argued. People still are not sure about this. They would agree, though, that this is the pre-incarnate Jesus, Jesus before he was born on earth as a baby, which, okay, honestly, so mind-blowing. I am just now learning about this, and it's still like so hard for my mind to be wrapped around. But some people think that Jesus hasn't existed until he was born to Mary and Joseph in a manger, meaning Jesus wasn't around until he became incarnate and came down to earth. But we know that Jesus has always existed. Remember, he wasn't created by God. He has always been around. He is God, Son, Spirit since the beginning of time. And again, this just blows my mind. Jesus played a role in creation and 
integral one, and he has been present throughout every moment of history. And so this is kind of an interesting thing to think about if the angel of the Lord was actually Jesus before he came down as a baby. Again, not like a huge thing to think about, not a huge thing to fight over or to, or to contest about, but it's just this idea and a recognition that Jesus has been around and he's played a role in creation in every part of history, even before he was born in a manger. And I think this should just bring us to a place of awe, realizing that Jesus is above time, he's beyond time, he has been around since the beginning, and God put this plan in motion before he came down as a baby. So this is just another wild thing to think about, just something that I have found in study and have been thinking about. But again, not like a, a deal breaker, but something kind of fun to think about. And the next idea, surprising thing maybe, is about the three wise men. So in in study throughout history, and scholars have you know really found this to be true over a time of studying, these were actually likely three astrologers and interpreters of omens. So not a biblical endorsement at all. I'm not saying this is a biblical endorsement of astrology or manifestation or secular ideology just because these people were involved in the Christmas story. But these three wise men, sometimes it's like, okay, what were they wise in? What was their occupation? And it was very likely that in the time and the setting, these were men that believed in astrology and interpreting omens and all the secular things. But this would be an example of how God used even evil pagan people, pagan meaning people that were believing in things and um, attaching their livelihoods to things that were so secular and so against God's word. This just goes to show how incredible and triumphant the miracle of Jesus coming as a baby was to everyone, not just people who were expecting a Messiah, but people who had a totally different lifestyle, like the wise men, like these men who likely believed in astrology and omens, and God used even them. God used even them to be humbled by the awe and the wonder and the reality and um, the legitimacy of Jesus being born to man, Jesus being born incarnate. So this is just another really cool thing that I have just learned over the last couple years that God used these men and this miracle was big enough to go beyond even people who lived a pagan lifestyle. Another really fun thing to think about, which isn't like necessarily proven, but it's something fun and surprising that I've been thinking about. I read an article from Desiring God, and they were talking about the contrast of Jesus as a baby being swaddled, and then the clothes that Jesus was buried and wrapped in in the tomb. And the quote went something like this, Jesus was swaddled as a baby and then burst forth from the swaddling clothes in the tomb. And so it's just this beautiful picture. And again, not something that we see um, literally quoted in scripture, but an idea we pull from scripture. Someone had this thought that when Jesus was swaddled as a baby, he came as the Messiah. And then he fulfilled his role as the Messiah by bursting forth, claiming victory over death in those swaddling clothes in the tomb. It's a really cool contrast because when we also celebrate Jesus coming as a baby in the manger, we celebrate the beginning of the gospel. We celebrate the greatest milestone, Jesus's death and resurrection from the grave. And next, kind of along the same vein, the gifts from the wise men. Um, these were gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We know this from the story. And when we think about that, it just sounds like really fancy expensive gifts which they likely were but they also had some significance they had some cool meaning to it so let's kind of look into it um, scholars attest that gold back in that time really symbolized jesus's royalty right gold was this incredible currency it was this um, kingly royal significance and so it really symbolized jesus's royalty as coming as the prince and the king 
And then myrrh really symbolized Jesus's humanity. So we know that Jesus was God, but also human. So he was this dichotomy of both, fully God, fully man. And myrrh was this embalming material that they used to preserve dead bodies. So kind of a cool semblance there. And then the incense really kind of stood for his divinity, for him being a divine God. It's really fun to be able to look at the definitions of these and know that they weren't just random gifts. They had some really cool meaning that God purposed from the beginning. And then another surprising thing that I think sometimes we don't even think about, we read about the nativity, right? We see nativity scenes, all these things. We hear about the nativity setting. We see that word all the time during Christmas. But in Latin, it actually is nativus, which means born or native, which if you look, which I'm such a nerd, and I hope that you're nerding out with me, but when you look into the meanings of these words, it brings so much more depth. So this is really cool. The meaning of nativity in Latin is really cool because Jesus was first born in this place. You know, we read unto us, born this day in the city of David, Jesus, the Messiah. And then number two, he was also a native among his people. So the meaning of nativist is so, so amazing because number one, it shows that he was born. He was not only born in the city of David, he was born God as a baby. And then number two, he was a native among his people. He didn't come just to be set apart and to be higher above his people. He came to truly dwell. He came to truly be human and that he, the Messiah, came to be and live and, you know, not just be someone who was, you know, an outcast. Although they do say that Jesus, you know, sojourned and was at times an outcast from society. He came to be as people. He came to be a part of Israel. Okay. And last thing for today's episode, another surprising, um, more in-depth look at the Christmas story that we may have missed, although there's probably a lot more. Um, For the sake of this episode, the last one is that Jesus's birth is the story that the Old Testament has been and was pointing to since the beginning of prophecy. So let's think about that for a second. The story of Jesus's birth, the coming of Jesus the Messiah, is the number one story that the whole Old Testament hinges upon. This was the culmination of the story. And so with that logic, this is not just any other story. It's not just a story in the list of stories throughout the Bible. It's not just another one that we should flip through and just think, okay, well, it's a really cool event. No, this is the story. This is the story. This is the story of our lives. This is the story of our faith. It's the story that brings into focus God's plan to rescue and redeem mankind, you and I, through the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. So without the Christmas story, the rest of the stories in scripture before and after his birth wouldn't make any any sense. And so we need to be reminded of the story every single day, every single Christmas, that this isn't just another story. This isn't just a passing thing we celebrate during December and then it goes away. This is the story. This is the culmination of everything. This is the long-awaited prophesied Messiah that Israel was waiting and longing for. And now we get to have relationship with and we get to live with him. And so it's just amazing when you think about all of that. I don't know about you, but I had a lot of fun researching and having this conversation about some of the surprising things that we may have missed about the Christmas story and doing a little bit deeper of a a dive into the story. Because again, like we said earlier, sometimes it's easy to glaze over the story because we've heard it so many times. But if we dig a little deeper and look at the meanings of these words and the characters, we see so much depth and we can reclaim the wonder of Christmas and the amazing story and reality that it is for us. So thank you for joining me on this episode. If this was a fun one to listen to and you learned something cool, 
please take a screenshot of this episode, post it to your Instagram stories. Let's just spread this fun Christmas truth to everyone that you know. Send it to a friend. Um, I'd love to see what you're learning during this Christmas season as well. I will see you in next week's episodes. I hope you're loving all of the fun Christmas content. I couldn't thank you more for being here. I love you, friend, and I will see you later.